Oh, good morning. That was weak. Good morning. Man, I am so happy to be home, so excited to be back in church. I haven't preached in two weeks, and I had a venti Starbucks vanilla latte. You're in trouble. I'm just saying, we're going to be here a while today, so just hold on tight. No, we'll try to keep it short and sweet. We have some great stuff coming up for you this morning, just sharing about our trip to Peru. If you prayed and you gave and, or did both financially, whatever it is that you did to make this trip happen, thank you. Thank you for investing in us as a team of people to go. We were just everyday people doing incredible things um, in this country. And so, so if you're on the trip to Peru, why don't you come on forward here? You guys can just come up to the front of the stage. I'm just going to give just a few moments just to share Share about one thing on this particular journey that impacted you the most. Go ahead and come up here, right here. I'm Yesenia. Um, I was at peace seeing my family back home and seeing my mom. She's doing really good. So it was a uh, heart opening, and I'm so happy I got to go and be uh, everyday people and got to see my friends I grew up with and the people that raised me. So yeah, just seeing my family kept me at peace and knowing that they're good, I'm happy with that. Um, so sorry. My name is Jennifer. And, um, I'm so sorry. I think um, the most impactful thing was um, we did stay at a home with these young ladies, but we also went out and visited women and went to the detention center to visit young boys and the orphanage and I think just the perseverance that people have and the faith that they have in God and the trust they place in that and having us over there really impacted me the most knowing that together you can come together with all the differences and all the struggles and challenges and you can make a difference just by being present and being with the Lord. My name is Danielle. Um, I worked with um, the women that were like sort of kind of like country, I guess is how you would say it. They lived on the outskirts of town. And the one of the biggest things that impacted me is I was in charge of doing an activity with them. Um, I'm a Spanish teacher. And so, uh, I was, so I was supposed to do a craft with them. And um, this one particular place that we went to, um, well, the lady who was in charge, her name's Robin, uh, she was talking to me, like working with me through my craft, and she was asking what I was planning to do, and I made, I ended up making like flower pins, they're like from the 90s, they have like floral tape and then just like a flower on them, they're so simple, the easiest craft ever, and I was, I was telling her that we were going to write thank you letters to just somebody in um, their life that had blessed them and just teaching them to be grateful. And she was like, oh, honey, they don't know how to read. They're illiterate. And this one particular house that we went to, um, we met a lady, and she was um, in a wheelchair. And they lived on the outskirts of town, and it was the first site that we went to. And she um, had to wheel to the market an hour and a half to go sell the crafts that they were making um, and she didn't have gloves, and she would wheel herself an hour and a half one way to get there because when she would go to the city, the, the um, public transportation didn't have wheelchair access, 
And so we gifted her one of our work gloves so that her hands wouldn't be raw. So that's what really touched me. Um, and she was a beautiful person as well. So. Hi, I'm Leanne Lee, and um, we went, my husband and I went in February. It was a lot hot, hotter. We didn't have to wear sweatshirts, so that is true. Um, beautiful there. Uh, different experience in February. There was um, five of us as opposed to, Brady, was there 18 total of us? Um, so we were, Daniel and I were really hands-on in February, but what was most important to us this trip is to see this wonderful group be able to experience what we got to. So we were able to just stand back and watch how God worked in the Peruvian children through these people, but I would say the, the day that there's no pictures is the detention center was what most impacted me. Um, the boys, I don't even know how many people, how many kids were there? Um, how many? 65 boy, it's a boys um, detention center, and it could be anywhere from uh, petty theft to, you know, some type of violence to actual murder. And, um, of course, they didn't tell us till we were there, but, um, but they were all tough. I don't know, boys, you know how they are, um, what, 15 to 18, um, all lined up in um, tables, picnic tables and stuff like that, and they're all kind of the, the rough, and, of course, they're all checking out the girls, but hey. Um, so they were all lined up and all tough, you know, all got their big manly, you know, look on and everything. And I have a 19-year-old, so I know boys. So we walk in and... Um, but by the time we started a craft, really a craft, with stickers and rhinestones and paint and glitter and all that stuff that they were painting on, um, what are those things called? Tooth, not toothpicks. Popsicle. Popsicle sticks and glue and stuff like that. They were little boys. They were, they were at their heart of who God created them to be. They aren't created to go and sin like they did and get caught. But we got to see them all tough guy when we first got in there to what, God created them to be, and they were just simple. They were just like our kids, our boys who are 15 to 18, just wanted a mom to love on them because majority of us were women, and their hearts were open up. It was the most beautiful thing to see the young girls, especially the ones that, who knew Spanish, be able to interact with them because, yeah, there's a language barrier, but there's no language barrier. It was absolutely the most amazing thing that I was able to experience and brought me, I don't just complete to tears, just how simple they can be. All right, um, I'm Tia, and um, geez, I don't even know where to start on how many things that have impacted me on this trip. Um, so from just even, I like babysitting, and I like kids, and <laughs> I even babysit for a few families in here, but um, just being there and, like, seeing that kids all over the world, and, like, obviously, like, my Spanish is, a, it's, I can speak a little bit, but uh, just being able to talk to them, like, they want to talk to you. There would be little kids that would come up to me and, like, say, like, red, and, like, they'd roll their R's someone because they're, like, trying to say it in English, and I think that just, like, just how grateful they are, and, like, we'd be making those bracelets, and, like, we'd spend, like, at least 10 minutes on them while, like, the moms were doing the devotions, and obviously I'm not the best bracelet maker because one of the little girls handed it to me, and I dropped it, and, like, <laughs> she had to start over, and she just looked at me, and she's like, okay, do another one. <laughs> It's just amazing just how grateful they are and like the mom and the families that we visited like they always my favorite saying that they'd always say is like I will remember in my heart forever and like I just love how grateful and loving they are and like at the heart of everything like whenever you go there they're all the same like they all just just want to be loved and like by Christ and like being able to worship next to the kids like in the house like even in Spanish like it was just amazing to see them and Paul bringing them to tears like that was like 
heart, like it's so, it's so amazing that we could hear it in English and then Robin would translate in Spanish and just see how it affected everyone. That whoever you are, like whatever country you're in, like you can still be touched by God and like you still need the love. Hi, I'm Allie. Um, like the whole trip really impacted me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I think one thing that really impacted me was going to the orphanage and just seeing the kids there, and there are so many of them, and thinking that they don't have parents. It just makes me feel really grateful that my parents got me. And it just made me feel really sad for the kids because we'd go to their homes and we'd make bracelets and necklaces with them and then we'd have to leave and the kids would just, they'd stuff their hands and pockets with the beads and try to find strings so they can make bracelets and necklaces when we're gone. And it's sad just to see that because it's just so easy for us just to go to the store and buy beads and it's so cheap, but there it just means so much to them. So, uh, yeah. I'm Paul. And uh, I don't really know where to start. Uh, the whole trip was kind of, I don't know, I was kind of all over the place with my emotions and everything else, but just going back home, um, seeing like the little kids, seeing my family, um, experiencing my culture again. I think towards the end of the trip, I just like, I don't know, like that's, that's home for me. And I'm ha like, I'm not, like, I'm happy here, and I'm happy, obviously, like, but it just, like, really, I didn't want, I didn't want to leave, but I was encouraged to, like, do well here in school, and um, just get, get a degree, and then go back home, and help my country, and um, I, I really couldn't explain to you my feelings, or what I, what, I just don't have words for it. I wish I could tell you guys, but um, it just, I, I don't know. It was incredible, and that's just home. I, I, I didn't really think I'd get, like, attached to it like that, but I did, and so the kid, like I said, I just love playing with the kids, um, seeing my family, and I think I just have, like, a heart for my people there and my culture. I love my culture. I'm, I'm proud to say that I'm Peruvian. Um, we were able to experience a lot of our cultural things that Peru does here with our group. And just like seeing everyone open up and uh, being close to them. And I think we all got pretty close as a group. So that was pretty cool. And I was comfortable, like we were all comfortable with our feelings and just, um, just crying, laughing, making jokes. So that was, it was really good just getting close with them. So, but, and thank you guys for praying for us and supporting us and um, everything else. So every morning we would spend time in this uh, journal that they gave us doing devotions and kind of preparing for the day and I, I think 
obviously just there's so many things that I experienced and enjoy while I was there, but one of the things that I love the most is the, the fact that I had time and opportunity to reconnect with the Lord and His Word in ways that I can't even imagine. We put our phones away for the whole trip, and we didn't see them till the end, and I was actually a little bit anxious about getting it back because I knew what was going to happen as soon as we hit Dallas-Fort Worth. My phone was just going to blow up with messages and emails and things to do, and I didn't want to focus on any of that stuff. I just wanted to remember what it was that God had done in and through us. And so every day, this journal would start out with, it would say everyday people, and then it would give another word. So, so um, like in this particular case today, where I'm at in this particular journal, because there's times to do it as we get home from our trip, today is everyday people hope. Everyday people hope. And so that is us. We're everyday people. And everyday people don't have to go on a mission trip to make a difference in the world that you live in. Right? I mean, you don't have to go that far away to impact the lives of somebody around you. You don't have to go that far away to realize that Jesus is who he says he is and and people need him. They need him because he is the hope. Christ in us is the hope of eternity, the hope of glory. And so we need to remember remember that. And there was people we came in contact with. And I have a story about a guy that I came in contact with in this little shop. And he was a refugee from Venezuela, many refugees from Venezuela there because the country, the country's in shambles. Socialism does not work, by the way. It's a mess there. And people are starving and people are hungry. And they're, they're vacating their lives and going to other places. And many of them came to, to Peru. When they first came to Peru, they made them wear yellow jackets so that everybody knew that they were, that they were refugees. That's, think about that. What if we made you put on a, a different color jacket for every sin that you've committed in your life? And everybody would know how you were labeled when you walked into this door. Wouldn't that be terrible? That's not, that's not who we are. That's not who God wants us to be to one another. And we can... This, the things that they were talking about, as, even as Paul was talking about, like the experiences he had, how the group came together, that's, that's community, that's church. That's why it's important to gather together and have a place to be and have a place to call family, a place where you can come and find hope every time that we gather together. And so as I was reading through this, it kind of inspired me for just a, just a brief message this morning as we, as we spend some time together. And I want to read this to you. This, um, this comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 33. So just listen to this. Think about um, the world and think about us being far away from home and being in other places and, and interacting with other people. And so listen to this word, and it ends with a hopeful message. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous ones. Praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with lyre. Make music to him with ten-string harp. Sing a new song to him. Play skillfully on the strings with a joyful shout. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works is trustworthy. And all his work is trustworthy. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the Lord's unfailing love. Wherever you go, the earth is full of his unfailing love. And we saw that in Peru. The heavens were made by the word of the Lord and all the stars by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water of the sea into a heap. He puts the depths into storehouses. Let the whole earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came into being. He commanded and it came into existence. 
The Lord frustrates the counsel of the nations. He thwarts the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he has chosen to be his own possession. The Lord looks down from heaven and he observes everyone. He gazes on all the inhabitants of the earth from his dwelling place. He forms the hearts of them all. He considers all their works. A king is not saved by a large army. A warrior will not be rescued by great strength. The horse is a false hope for safety. It provides no escape by its great power. Just quickly, what are you putting your hope in this morning? Is it something other than this God who created all these things? Probably not in a horse, but what is it that you're putting your hope in? But look, the Lord keeps his eye on those who fear him, those who depend on his faithful love to rescue them from death and to keep them alive in famine. Let's pray for the people in Venezuela to put their hope in Jesus, not in their government, not even in themselves. We wait for the Lord. He is our help and shield. For our hearts rejoice in him because we trust in his holy name. May your faithful love rest on us, Lord, for we put our hope in you. So every morning it started out with, this, with the phrase, center me. So we would ask God to center us. So listen to this. Relax. I want you all to do this. Relax. Focus your attention on God and take a few deep breaths. Do that right now. Just and let it out. So I'm sitting in a chair. It's cool outside. There's roosters crowing. It's 6.15 in the morning. There's horns honking. There's people talking, but I'm asking the Lord to center me. So take a deep breath again. Center your life with this prayer. I want you to just say this to yourself a couple times over. My hope is in you, Lord. You are my hope. My hope is in you, Lord. You are my hope. So repeat this after me. My hope is in you, Lord. You are my hope. One more time. My hope is in you, Lord. You are my hope. The second piece was to shape me. So we centered ourselves. Now it's to shape us, get us ready for the day. And it would give some passages of Scripture to go through and underline phrases that are key. One of them in this particular passage is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 through 31. It says, he gives strength to the weary and increases power to the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And it says complete these sentences. And I put them in your bulletin for a reason. So if you have a bulletin, open it up. And look where it says... These phrases, and I want you to think about this today as we spend these last few moments together. Answer these questions, maybe fill it out when you get a chance. If you have a pen, even fill it out right now. I am hoping for. What is it that you're hoping for today? I'm hoping to be able to. My first thought is I'm hoping to be able to get a good report back from the doctor. That the test that, has, that I've taken, that it'll come back and it won't be what I'm fearing it to be. 
I know what I'm hoping for at 1516 Hale Avenue. I'm hoping to get my house finally done, get it on the market. I'm hoping somebody will come and buy it so we can transition and move and do something different. New season. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that. Hoping that what? For me to have hope means that I cannot worry so much. Finally kind of not be so anxious and kind of let some things go. Realize that there's only so much I have control of. For me to hope in the Lord means that I For one, it means that you cannot save yourself. So we were in this shopping little area and this man was taking these, this wire and he was making these little um, games. They were like, kind of like mind twisters or what teasers or whatever. And he would, it's like a puzzle. He'd put it together and you got to figure out how to get it apart. It's pretty fascinating, and he was one of those, he was, his name was Jose, he was a refugee from Venezuela. And I asked him, you know, while we were there, I said, I asked through the interpreter, I said, hey, ask him if God could do a miracle in his life right now, what would it be? And so he stopped, he turned, and he looked right through me, and he said, which God do you believe in? I said, oh. Good question. Also, I believe in the God who created all things. I believe in the God who came to earth in the form of a man named Jesus, who was willing to give his life to redeem all people and was raised from the dead. That's the God I believe in. And he said, I also believe in this God. And then I reached out and I touched him. I said, Hey, can I pray for you? And he jumped back and he said, Your hand is really hot. Like there's, there's something, there's some power that you have that kind of makes me, well, I don't remember what he, exactly what he said. He goes, but I, I don't think you should pray for me right now, but pray for me later, he said. And I'm just, I was thinking to myself, like, what was, that was kind of bizarre. It was kind of an, a, that was a unique experience that I've never had before. Um, and so we kind of, we left that and we went to the beach and we did the baptisms which you saw which were incredible it was powerful it was an incredible experience and I just remember the whole time we were there there was a man about where David is sitting over there and he's standing there watching this whole thing take place and he uh, after the baptisms he approached the interpreter and said hey can I talk to the pastor I have I, I need I need to ask him some questions it was another Jose from Venezuela <laughs> Different experience with this guy. This guy was reaching out, needing some hope, needing prayer. Like, hey, would you please pray for me? Would you pray for my family back home? I came here to work and I'm sending them money. He was telling us that an average month salary buys two kilos of meat in Venezuela now. You work for a whole month to buy two kilos of meat. And he says it's desperate times. They have no hope. Could you please pray? And she said, well, do you want me to interpret the prayer? He said, no, the same God who speaks English speaks Spanish. He'll know what it is that he's saying. Just pray. And so we cried out to the Lord, knowing 
that he hears our prayers. It's funny because I had hoped that the other Jose would come and witness the baptism and be touched by it. And it turned out it was a different Jose. So the prayer was answered just in a different way. And then there was Jose being impacted by what was going on. And that whole thought was like, you know, we are the light of the world, right? We have Christ. If you have Christ in you, you are the light of the world. You have something that the rest of the world does not have, and we have to let it shine. Like, we cannot hold it back. That's one of the reasons why I think public baptisms are so powerful, because it impacted that guy's life. A guy that we've never met before, probably never see again until heaven, and it impacted because these young girls were willing to stand up and to testify that they belong to Jesus. They weren't ashamed. And we have that hope here in America and we hold on to it like it's something that we're supposed to be ashamed of or afraid of to share. And we're, you know, what people won't understand or maybe they won't think I'm crazy if I start talking about Jesus. But it doesn't take going out of the country on a mission trip to be that bold. It doesn't. Like we have that living inside of us. And now those who went on the trip now have a story and a, you know, a platform that they can start the conversation off with. But all of us have a reason to hope in Jesus. You're breathing right now, aren't you? You have a home to go back to, don't you? Yeah, you have food to eat. You're going to eat when you leave this place. And the water you drink is going to be clean. And two kilos of meat doesn't cost a month's salary. Not yet anyway in America. <laughs> but we have a reason. We have someone to put our hope in. All right, just real quick, real quick. Go to Romans chapter 5. I just want to, this is the reason why we have the most hope. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, right before it, in the verse right before it, the last verse in chapter 4, it says, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. That gives us hope. Jesus was delivered up for our sin. That's the message that gives hope to all people. That's the message that should give us the most hope here today no matter what situation is no matter what it is that you answer no matter what it is that you hope for this is the thing that gives us the most hope the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead he was delivered up for our trespasses so then listen to what it says therefore since we have been declared righteous by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ this God that I believe in the one this man Jose asked me about is the God that I have peace with because of what Christ has done for me. Jesus has paid the price. We also have attained access through him by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Do you rejoice in that this morning? Have you gotten away from being excited about that at all? Like I told you, I've been on a mission trip, haven't preached for two weeks and the latte's kicking in. Do you rejoice in that today? I mean, seriously? If you don't, you should. Get in the game and rejoice about that. Be excited about that fact. That man, you know what, if today's my last day, I'm going into the presence of the Father. You know, and if I have 50 more years on this earth, I'm still going into the presence of the Father someday. And so I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it, um, I'm going to hope in him today. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. <laughs> Can I get an amen? You got some afflictions? Rejoice in them today. I was rejoicing, well, no, you know what, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I was not rejoicing in the fact that when I got on the plane in Lima, it was a seven-hour flight to Dallas-Fort Worth, and I was sitting in a middle seat. I'm six foot three, I ate nothing but carbs for eight days. 
I am not comfortable sitting in the middle seat. I was not rejoicing in my affliction at all at that particular time. I was whining like a little child. Why, Lord? Why me? This is going to be the off. This is going to be the worst seven hours of my life. And then, it's not what but who. My little friend Carlos from Lima, Peru, sitting next to me. We engaged in conversation. An hour into the flight, he said, you know what, Pastor? You're so much bigger than me. Let me sit in the middle. You can sit on the aisle. That gave me hope. And then I said, you know what? I said, brother, I said, when we get to Peru, when we get to Dallas, our group's going to gather around. We're going to pray for you. Because he was going for some training. He was a little anxious about it. The man was weeping when we were done praying for him. Just giving him some hope too. Rejoicing in your, our affliction. Because we know that, after, uh, that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces Proven character, and proven character produces what? Hope, right? So if you're going through it, just keep going through it because it's producing something good in you. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he has given us. It has been poured out into us, and once we receive it, what are then we supposed to do with it? Go give it away, because here's what it says. It says, fill me. So it was, center me, shape me, fill me. Okay? And then the last part is, use me. Use me, Lord. That first rap song, that's what it's talking about. Use me, Lord. Go hard or go home. Use me. Use me to make a difference in someone else's life. And here's the prayer. Dear God, I sometimes hope for things that satisfy me only part-time. Like a good meal, a good game, a good movie, a good grade, a good job, a good time. Teach me to hope for the things that are eternal, like your purpose, your love, your goodness, your peace, your forgiveness. Thank you for the experience of this past few days. That's what was saying for us. You can thank God for what it is that you've been walking through or what it is you're going through. Maybe some good stuff. Maybe you have some really incredible things going on in your life right now. On that back of that sheet that I asked you to fill out, let us know about it. Give us a praise. If you have a prayer request, write it down, okay? Write it down because you can place it in the basket when you come forward. And then the last piece, it says, use me. You might be aware of a person who is discouraged or feeling hopeless. If so, contact them this week. You might be aware of someone that's feeling hopeless right now in your life. Get a hold of them. Reach out to them. Do not be afraid. Be bold. Be a light. Make a difference in their life. Ask God to use you today. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. We thank you for the table that has been prepared for us today. And we remember that you were offered up, delivered up for our trespasses. Lord Jesus, you offered yourself. You gave yourself so that we might have hope today. And God, let us remember that today. Let us be bold. Let us be used by you as we walk out of this place this morning. Thank you for your love. We thank you for the gift of life that comes in Christ. Thank you for some of the encouraging stories that we not only have we heard this morning up front, but the, even the encouraging stories today that I've heard from people who have walked in here today. And there are some people feeling hopeless this morning, Lord, and we place them before you on the altar we ask you to heal where there needs to be healing comfort where there needs to be comfort 
take away anxiety where there's anxiety. All of us are like that little child. We're crying out, Lord, (laughs) asking for your comfort. And Lord, ultimately, if there's someone here this morning that's never put their hope in Jesus, they've been putting it in other things and other people, they've, they've come up empty. Right now, Lord, I pray that they would cry out to you, they confess with their mouth that you are Lord. They would believe in their heart that you raised Jesus from the dead, and that they will be saved. There's no other name given to men that can save us like the name of Jesus. It's so basic, God, but we forget it so often. Let's not forget it any longer. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name.